Hello, and thanks so much for tuning into the Digging Deeper podcast with Pastor Ken Vance. This podcast is designed to go a step beyond the Sunday teaching with a more in-depth look at the topic Pastor Ken shared with us this past weekend. So whether you're on your way home from work or pouring yourself a fresh cup of coffee, we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode. And now, here's Digging Deeper with Pastor Ken Vance. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Ken Vance, the senior pastor at Vertical Church, and this is our weekly podcast, Digging Deeper with Pastor Ken. This podcast is designed for those that want to go deeper, who want to go further in establishing their faith. So it's designed to be a discussion that goes beyond Sunday morning, that delves deeper into some of the topics that we were talking about. And so I'm just excited to share with you. We began last week with a series of discussions that we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about being kingdom builders and dealing with the principles of the kingdom of God. Because one of the things that we need to recognize, Jesus, when he came to earth, brought the good news of God's kingdom. And so he taught in parables, which were simple stories, to help the listener understand and be able to apply the truths that he was communicating. And so the parables of Jesus give us an understanding of how God's kingdom operates and how we can align ourselves so that the kingdom can work for us, not against us. And that's why it's for us, we need to be wise with respect to it. Jesus spent much time in talking about it because he wanted us to renew our thinking. He wanted us to be able to see things from God's perspective so that the kingdom of God could work on our behalf. Because the kingdom of God is in truth good news to humankind. And so, in reviewing this, it's important to understand, when you mention the term kingdom, a kingdom in simplicity is a place where a king has dominion. Many times when people think about kingdoms, they think about landmass. But more than that, it's about the influence. It's about people who submit themselves to the rulership and authority of a king. And so a kingdom is a place where a king reigns, where he rules, where he has dominion. And the Bible teaches us that the kingdom of God is within us. When Jesus was asked about the kingdom of God, he said, it doesn't come with observation, for the kingdom of God is within you. And we realize that when Christ arose from the dead and made possible for us to become citizens of that kingdom, it begins with a simple confession or profession as Jesus as our king to accept him as our Lord and Savior. And when we do, God changes us from the inside out. The kingdom comes within us. The new birth brings this realization, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. Because God works uh, in our lives from the inside out. Where God has dominion, His power and his authority reign. And so it's important for us to see that. And so we've been looking specifically about Jesus' stewardship parables. They help us to begin to see things from God's point of view because what's important to recognize is that God owns it all. Everything we have came from God. And therefore, stewardship gives us the understanding that we're responsible. Stewardship is temporary. And stewardship means that we owe an accountability 
to the one who entrusts us with his, with the management of his resources and goods. And so today we're going to be talking about the subject of what lasts. I have a question I want to begin to ask each of us, and that's this. Is heaven real? You know, people talk about heaven. Um, a lot of people assume they're going to heaven. But I want us to ask ourselves the question more implicitly. Is heaven real? And are we planning on going to heaven? Because Jesus makes some things clear when he teaches. And it's the understanding that not only are we stewards in God's kingdom and that our stewardship is temporary and that we will owe an accounting, what Jesus reveals throughout his teachings is that the way we live here will determine how things will be there. If we are in truth intending to go to heaven, it is important that we recognize that how we manage the resources that we've been entrusted, how we live our lives today, will determine how things will be for us in eternity. Jesus reveals in his stories that God is good. God is benevolent. He's kind. He's gracious. He bestows his goods upon us and gives us the ability to make decisions and determinations on our own. In other words, he entrusts it to our management. God's ultimate end he desires that we would flourish and grow and be fruitful in every good way. That was the blessing to humanity from the very onset of creation. When God made man in his own image and likeness, he blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. In other words, God intended that we would take what he created and cause it to flourish, to cause it to grow, to cause it to multiply, to use the blessing of God to bring about God's purposes and God's plans that God shares in that end with us. He desires that we would manage his creation with his blessing, with his purpose for his will. And that's why it's important that we see God graciously gives us that. He gives us the ability to make decisions. But as in truth, as any owner would be, he also holds accountability how we deal with what we've been entrusted with. But also Jesus gives us an understanding in his parables that God is a rewarder. In fact, Hebrews 11 tells us that we should recognize that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that believeth in him must believe that, that he uh, uh, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so in essence, God is a rewarder. God rewards us how we manage the resources we've been entrusted with. And so Jesus is clear in his teachings that we must determine that what we do today, how we live our lives here, will in essence uh, uh, dictate how things will be in eternity. And so today I'm going to look at uh, uh, one of Jesus' teachings from the book uh, of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. At this particular point, Jesus is teaching out of what has been referred to historically as the Sermon on the Mount. In other words, it was Jesus unveiling how the kingdom operates. It's really the Magna Carta of the kingdom. 
And so in this, Jesus gives us perspective about money, about uh, assets. And he says this in Matthew 6. We're going to be read from verse 19 through 24. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But what? Instead, he said, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He went on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then he goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Either will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In this short text here, Jesus reveals that there are two kingdoms. And in those two kingdoms, there are two treasuries, there are two perspectives, and there are two masters, or we could say two kings. So in essence, as he's laying out the understanding of the kingdom, let's dive into the very first set of twos he gives us the understanding of is that there are two treasuries. There are treasures that we can store up on earth. And he gives us this understanding that money is temporary. It doesn't really last. What we have to ask ourselves is what, what, what does last? What is eternal? And that's why when Paul wrote 2 Corinthians, he said, Do not lose heart. Though outwardly are we are wasting away, inwardly we are renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. In other words, when you have an eternal mindset, you recognize that present day sufferings are in not, not in comparison at all to the glories that God has uh, uh, in mind for each of us. That's why when we say no to the flesh, when we say no to sin, it may be momentarily seeming like we miss out on something, or it may as be as what Jesus said, that there are times that following him means denying ourselves, taking up our cross. In other words, there are times that we need to die to our own self-will so that we can actually do the will of God. We get to those times like Jesus encountered in his own life when he said, not my will, but thy will be done, talking to the Father. And so to be a Christ follower, there are times when we must allow Christ to be king. In other words, Jesus calls the shots. Jesus is the one that's in charge. And to follow him sometimes might mean temporary sufferings. But it is in no comparison to the eternal glories that uh, uh, he has for us when we faithfully follow him. He said, he went, and Paul went on to say, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The kingdom of God, Jesus taught us again. He said it doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God is within us. And when we allow the king to reign in our hearts, the decisions that we make today are because we believe in where we are heading tomorrow. We believe in the eternity that God has planned for us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul wrote this. He said, however, it is written, 
eye hath not seen, nor has ear heard, and what no human mind has ever conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And then he went on to say, and these things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. So in other words, in the coming of the kingdom, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us the realization. In fact, the New Testament tells us the Holy Spirit is the down payment on what is to come. And so the Spirit of the living God lives in us. He gives illumination and understanding of the ways of the kingdom. He provides wisdom so that we can walk in the truth. But he also gives us the realization that there is a kingdom that is coming as well, that there is an eternity that we will live for. And I have not seen nor ear heard, neither as it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has uh, built, designed, and has for those who love him. And that's why it's important. Eternity, having an eternal mindset. When I asked the question before, is heaven real? If we believe that heaven is real, then it is important that we recognize that what we do today affects how things will be in heaven for us. And back now to Jesus speaking here about two treasuries. He says that nothing that we store up on earth is safe. Why? Because moths and vermin can destroy it. Thieves can break through and steal it. Now, I want to give a perspective here because some people have misunderstood this scripture and try to say that to have possessions are wrong. Jesus is not talking that possessions here on earth are wrong. What he's teaching us here is that there are two treasuries. There's one in heaven and one on earth. And he's teaching us not to hoard things on earth. See, this idea that we struggle with on earth is that there's not enough. So we have the temptation to hold on to things, to store things, to be pack rats, to, to hold things up. And therefore, what we need to understand, moths have never attacked a sweater that someone was wearing. No, what do moths destroy? Things that are stored up, things that are not being used. In other words, rust doesn't corrupt things that are being used generally. Rust corrupts things that, that are uh, laid up in store. And when we store up things, they can in truth uh, uh, um, corrupt and they're not being used. They're not being a blessing that they were designed to be. When you have a heavenly mindset, you realize that God is good. God provides. God is generous. His kingdom operates in a way that there is more than enough. And when our needs are met, we should be willing to share with the needs of others. And here is importance. Laying up treasures for yourself in heaven is when we're willing to share what God has entrusted to us with others. That lays up for us treasures in heaven. When Luke spoke about it, he said, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And when you do so, you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Mark also gave indication in the same, that when we give to the poor, we lay up treasures in heaven. So in essence, when we're willing to share our assets with others, when we're willing to help meet the needs of others, God says we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, we can't take money with us, but Jesus is here telling us we can send it ahead. We can send money 
We can, the way we use our money here today, we'll lay up for ourselves potentially treasures in heaven when we're obedient to God, when we live by the principles of the kingdom of God. And that's why it requires us to have an eye of faith. You see, we live by faith and not by sight. Because we believe there is a heaven, we believe we can lay up treasures in heaven. And when we live according to trusting God, obeying God, fulfilling God's will, being willing and ready to share, there's a mindset of abundance because truly God created all things. But when we have a mindset that is driven by faith, we recognize what lasts is eternity. And what we do today affects eternity tomorrow. Think about it in this way. How many people have ever gone on vacation? If you've ever gone on vacation, you recognize the necessity of preparing before you go. In fact, most people don't just show up on vacation without having packed, without having prepared, without having uh, uh, made the preparations necessary so that they could enjoy their vacation. Well, if we can understand that simple parable or understanding, it's the same regarding heaven. If in truth we're planning to go to heaven, are we preparing? Have we actually laid up for ourselves treasures in heaven so that when we arrive in heaven, that there's a rich abundance of our faithfulness to God and our obedience to his will and our willingness to share, that we have actually lived the principles of the kingdom? Jesus taught us, again, we can actually send stuff ahead. And then he tells us there are two perspectives. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And when your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So here Jesus is laying out this idea of two perspectives. Now, reading this in English, many people have been confused and say, what, what does he mean by that? What is that all about? But remember, Jesus grew up in a Jewish culture, and this is really a Jewish idiom, because to have a healthy eye, some, some translations will say having a, a, a good eye versus an, a bad eye. When he's here talking about a healthy eye or a good eye, it's an eye of generosity, because an evil eye or a bad eye or an unhealthy eye is an eye that's stingy a perspective that there's not enough, a perspective that I need to take care of me and not think about anybody else but me. And therefore, if we are the object of what we live for, our world gets very dark, our world gets very small. But when we're willing to be generous, when we're willing to share freely, when we believe that God is good and he has provided a world that is rich and full and there is more than enough, you see, a kingdom mindset is a mindset of abundance. And Jesus is telling us here that the way in which we look at things will determine not only how we live today here on earth, but will determine what eternity is like for us. I love this in Proverbs 11, 24, it says, one man gives freely and attains even more. I mean, that doesn't even sound intuitive. How can you give away what you have? and then end up with more. But the entire kingdom works off the principle of seed time and harvest. And we recognize that when we plant crops, because what you plant today, you reap later and greater. God's kingdom works on multiplication. 
And he said, but one man withholds unduly and comes to poverty. And so what he's talking about here, a different perspective, it's how we see our world. Our world is either full of light or our world is full of darkness. And when we talk about darkness, part of that which invades the human consciousness is a mindset of scarcity, that there's not enough. And all of us as humans struggle with this. That's why it's important as followers of Christ, we learn to renew our minds. Because when Jesus came, in the same Matthew 6, he went on to talk about the fact that we should not worry about life. And then he turned around and pointed to the birds and said to his disciples, look at the birds. They don't sow nor reap into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he turns and says, are you not much better than that? If God takes care of birds, can we not trust that God takes care of us? Then he says, behold the flowers. The flowers of the field, they don't toil or spin, but even in their beauty, Solomon in all of his glory, Solomon at the height of his kingdom was never arrayed, never dressed as beautifully as the wildflowers of the field, which are here today and gone tomorrow. And Jesus then said, and it's the first time he ever used the term faith, he said, are you not much better than them, O ye of little faith? So in other words, a mindset of abundance is a mindset of God that realizes that there is more than enough. God is a generous host. If God owns it all, God knows where it all is. God is faithful. And when we're willing to have a mindset that is in line with God, what will we do? We'll seek first the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, God knows what we need. He knows the food that we need to eat. He knows the, the clothes we need to wear. He knows the, the homes we need to live in. He knows all that we need. And he said to us, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things would be added to us. Why? Because God is good. Two perspectives, two perspectives. There's two treasuries, two perspective. And then Jesus went on to say in Matthew 6, there are two masters, or I should say it in this way, two kings as well. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either will hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that's important for us to recognize because the number one competition for God, for his place in our heart is money. Money is the number one thing that competes for the domination and control of our heart. Because Jesus said, where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. In other words, God wants to be king. God wants to be Lord over our hearts. But the thing that tries to crowd God out, the thing that, that defies God's rule and authority in our lives, here Jesus makes, makes clear to us, it's money. And how often do people struggle with the issue of money? Why don't we freely share? Why don't we help others? Is God truly reigning in our heart? Because what God inspires us to do will last for eternity. But that's where trust comes in. That's why we need to put God first. That's why God needs to come before money. Money is the area that tends to have the greatest struggle for people who are followers to, to deal with. In fact, there's no different. 
God had, uh, had spoken this to the people of Israel when he had confronted them about the issue of tithes and offerings in Malachi 3. He said, prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there's not room enough for you to receive. You see, God can be trusted, but it's a matter of the human heart to be able to trust in God. And that's why God said, in fact, when you look throughout scripture, nowhere else in scripture did God ever say, prove me or test me in this if I'm not faithful. Money, God has always known is the thing that most uh, 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 challenges his authority in our lives. And that's why if we have an eternal mindset, it's important that we understand it. And now I want to just turn in this next part to recognize that when we live for eternity, it's important again to see and know that what we do today, how we handle what we've been given here, what we do with the things that we've been entrusted with actually determine how things will be for us in eternity. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the, to the followers of Christ in the city of Corinth, to the Corinthians, it was found in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15. Paul says this, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their works will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what we have built survives, the builder will receive a reward. And if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet he will be saved, even though as by the one escaping through the flames. In other words, it tells us the way we live our lives, how we handle the things entrusted to us, all of us are building something for eternity. But what we build with is our choice, whether we build with gold, silver, or precious stones, or whether we build with wood, hay, or stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble represents the selfish things in life that we do just for ourselves, things that don't last for eternity. When we build with gold, silver, and precious stones, it's things that we do for God that last for eternity. And it tells us that every one of us will have our works tested by fire. In other words, what we do in this life, Jesus will test it. The fire from his eyes will determine the purpose and the, the, the motive and the realization of why we did what we did. And the things that are eternal that we do last forever. That's why, again, he said we can lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. How we live our lives today will determine how eternity will be for us. But Paul brings us into greater focus with this in 2 Corinthians 5, 9. He says, For we make it our goal to please him, whether we at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. What we need to realize is that God desires to reward us for faithful stewardship. God desires to reward us for living our lives for him. But we need to all of us to know that as followers of Christ, Jesus will test our works. 
Jesus will hold each of us accountable. Jesus, who is the true king, he is the king of kings. We owe an accounting to him, how we live our lives and what we do with the possessions that we've been entrusted with. And so in essence, how we live today determines what things will be like in eternity. It's what lasts. Living for Christ, being faithful with the resources that God's given us, helping others, doing good, those things are things that last for eternity. And it's important for us to recognize God is good. God is a rewarder. I want to read these kind of as we walk through this area about eternity and what lasts. Jesus in his stewardship parables, listen to this one in Matthew 25, what's known as the parable of the talents or the parable of the bags of gold. It's found this in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Listen here. It says, again, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. See, in Jesus' uh, uh, stewardship parables, he always gives us the realization that God is the owner of it all, and he entrusts us, his servants, with his wealth. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two. And to another, one bag, each according to his ability. You see, in other words, God doesn't expect more of us than what he has given us the capabilities to perform with. He entrusts to our care and expects that we would prosper with them, that we would bring forth increase, that we would be fruitful and multiply. But each of us only according to the abilities and what he's entrusted to our care. He said, and then he went on to a journey. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. He also with the two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. See, in other words, he had a wrong perspective. That was the, he had a wrong understanding. We'll, we'll discover in a minute why, but it says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts. See, again, stewardship is temporary and it, and it owes an accounting. He said, the man who had received the five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted to me five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. Now listen to this. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I love one translation that says, enter thou into the joy of your Lord. In other words, God wants us to be rewarded by, for faithful stewardship. And here, this man took what was given him and he multiplied it. And therefore, it brought joy to his master's heart. His master rewarded him for faithful stewardship and he put him in charge of many things. In other words, the way we live today will determine the way things will be like in eternity. Now look at this in verse 22. It says, the man with the two bags of gold came and said, Master, you entrusted me two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. In other words, he took what was given to him and was faithful in his stewardship of it and multiplied it. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Notice this. The master or the king rewarded each of them in the same fashion 
because they were faithful with what they were given. They were rewarded. They shared in their master's happiness. And they were rewarded in to be over many things because they were faithful with the things that they were given. But then look at here in the story. It says, And the man who had received the one bag of gold came and said, Master, I said, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. In other words, his perspective was off. His perspective was wrong. And what was his, it was based on fear. He did not know his master. He did not believe he was good. He did not believe that he was a rewarder of those who were diligent to use what they were given. And so here, the man, because he had a wrong mindset, because he allowed fear to dominate us. And how many people are not faithful with the resources entrusted with them to them because of fear? Because they don't believe that God is faithful. They don't put first the kingdom of God in his righteousness because they're too busy trying to take care of number one. And that's why it's important. A wrong mindset will cause us to hoard. It will cause us to hold on to. It will cause us to not use what's been given us in a productive way. But listen to what his master said because he called him out on it. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. He's about to expose the falsity of that claim. He said, well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. In other words, if you thought that, you weren't even faithful in the little things to do something. If you, if you were scared that you would lose it, then why didn't you put it on deposit at the bank and return it to me with interest? That's just not right. He said, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who had the 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Why? Because that's the way God's kingdom operates. God's kingdom is based on abundance. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Luke had told this parable in a little different way. He talked about it as the 10 minas, but it's important that when those that were entrusted in, in Matthew's version in the bags of gold, not everybody was given the same. And God didn't expect increase in the same capacity. He only expected it according to the abilities that were given. And he expected it only based on the values of what had been entrusted to others. But in the, the parable of the minas, everybody had gotten the same, but they returned different ones. And it said in that particular case that they were given uh, 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 the ability to rule over cities. What you need to realize is in the coming kingdom, Jesus will return to the earth. Jesus will have a millennial reign, a thousand-year reign, and that the people who have faithfully followed him will help him to rule over the earth. And what we do in eternity is based on what we have done with what we've been given here on earth. I want to end with this parable because, again, Jesus makes clear in his stewardship parables. This one is what we refer to as the parable of the sheep and the goats. Listen to this. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. 
He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothing, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. So in other words, the king expects us to live our lives out of that abundant generosity where we care about the needs of others and not just our own. When we show kindness, when we show care and compassion, and when we share our resources freely to help others. But here's an important factor on it. He says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whoever did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. In other words, God considers what we do for the poor, what we, what we do for people who are in need. God says, you're doing that for me. So important. I love this in Proverbs. It tells us, he who, lends to the, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him. God takes personal. When we do for others, when we care, when we show and exhibit love to help the needs of others, God said, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for me. What's important for us to recognize that because the way we love others is the way we actually show and express our love for God. When we put others first, when we help others who are in need, it's when we put God first. That's when we lay up treasures in heaven. That's when God truly is Lord over our hearts. But look at what he went on to say. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whenever, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. It's just an important wake up call for us all. Are we living for eternity? When we see others in need, do we think it's someone else's responsibility to handle it? Or do we share freely out of the resources that have been shared with us? It's obvious that we need to take care of the needs of our families. We need to take care of the things that we need to do. But it's also important to recognize that we're on this earth to make a difference. And everything we do for God lasts for eternity. And when we share our resources freely, God here gives us the understanding that it will last for eternity. Jesus said there are two treasuries. You can either, you know, put away money here and try to build up your own personal wealth, or you can share your wealth freely and lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You can't take wealth with you, but you can send it on ahead of you. But it's a matter of perspective because there's two perspectives. Because when your eye is healthy, you look at the world around you with the light of God's goodness and you realize God's generous. God's more than enough. God can be trusted. When I share with others, God will reward me on those ends today in this life and in the life to come.
but truly when we see the needs of others, when we have the opportunities to share our resources, that's when the question becomes, who is the master of our heart, God Almighty or money? When we cling to money and when we hold to money, when we have a problem when it, it, with the issue of money, we have to ask ourselves the question, is money ruling in our hearts? And that's important to know and understand because it's truly eternity. When we have an eternal mindset, God's a rewarder. God is good. God gives us the ability to do things here that will last for eternity. And what we do here will determine how things will be there. If we are truly intending on going to heaven, if we truly are ones who believe there is a heaven and that is our destination, then we should be wise. We should use the resources that we have here wisely so that what we do lasts for eternity. That's the big question. What does last? It's only what we do for God. It's only the ways in which we express and share the things that have been entrusted with us. Those are the things that truly last for eternity. Till next week, this is Pastor Ken. We'll see you again then. <music>